Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called Worst Decision Ever. Sometimes folks are remembered by their worst decision. Maybe a decision that changed the course of their lives. Take Ryan Lochte, American swimmer. Do you know that he has the second highest number of individual medals earned by a male Olympian, topped only by Michael Phelps? Yet, Before his accomplishments, history may most often post about his ignorant decision to lie after he behaved badly at the Rio Olympics. Oh, and the number of medals? Eleven. Then there is Pontius Pilate. Pilate knew better. He knew Jesus was an innocent man. In addition, Matthew tells us that while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, His wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. So Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod. For he sent him back to us. As you can see, as you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Just who was Pilate? History remembers Pontius Pilate either very negatively as a cruel man who hated the Jews, or more sympathetically as a governor who had a very difficult job ruling a province with a very unruly population, which easily took offense to his actions. Ordinarily, he resided in Caesarea, but was in town to keep Jewish Passover fervor in check. When the Sanhedrin brought Jesus to him, Pilate heard their charges against him, but declared Jesus innocent three times. Pilate could not find Jesus guilty of the charges against him, and so told the people that he would punish and then release him. Wait, punish Jesus? Hoping a flogging would placate the shouting Jews surrounding him, Pilate thought there would be no further talk of execution. Indeed, the flogging took place on the platform where the trial had been held, with everyone watching. Jesus was stripped and stretched against a pillar or bent over a low post, his hands tied so that he had no means of defending himself. The instrument of torture was a sort of cat and nine tails with bits of iron and bone attached to the ends of the thongs. Not only did the blows cut the skin and draw blood, but in these sorts of floggings, the victim frequently died in the midst of the operation. Out of consideration for Jesus, Pilate may have moderated either the number or the severity of the strokes, but he could not, as his plan of releasing him depended on his being able to show the Jews that Jesus had suffered severely. My heart reels as I envisioned Jesus that day. Who could stand and watch the brutal torture of a helpless, innocent man? How could they bear seeing the rabbi who had taught and loved like no other, violently scourged? Hmm, 
I can't help but wonder what faces could be found in that crowd. Was the blind man who sat by the gate of Jericho given sight by Jesus just days before? Where was Zacchaeus, whose life had been irrevocably changed? How about his disciples? Where were Jesus' closest friends? And Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead? Where was the wedding host who Jesus saved from shame when he ran out of wine? Remember how Jesus turned the water into fine wine? Well, the flogging did not placate the crowd that would almost kill Jesus. The people all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection and murder. Pilate released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom the people asked. He delivered Jesus over to their will. Hmm. Are you in the throes of a big decision? Listen to those who love you, those who are just. Claudia, Pilate's wife, warned in a nightmarish dream, cautioned her husband to release the innocent rabbi, Jesus. In the throes of a decision that could define you, go to God and listen to your conscience. Do not override it as Pilate did. And then there are the daily small choices we make to go this way or that. Choose to do this or that. In the morning, before choices come your way, choose to ask God for wisdom, which includes discretion and prudence. If you lack wisdom, ask God, and He will give it to you. James 1, verse 5. Asking God for wisdom daily is your second best decision ever, right behind choosing to follow Him.